Hey, this is Brian Akar, host of Why I Left, here to let you know about an important cause for which I'm fundraising and need your support. Child trauma occurs more than you think. More than two-thirds of children reported at least one traumatic event by age 16. Since 1979, the Advocate Childhood Trauma Treatment Program has provided a range of specialized services for the treatment of and healing from experiences of trauma in the Chicago area. Knowing people who have experienced childhood trauma, I'm aware of its lasting impact. That's why, on October 13th, 2024, I'm back running the Chicago Marathon again, representing Advocate Health as a member of the charity running team and fundraising to benefit the program. Please visit the show notes and click the link for Be Run Chicago to donate to this cause. I appreciate any support that you could provide. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Thank you. Welcome to Why I Left, a podcast that explores the great resignation. I'm your host, Brian Akar. Join me as I chronicle real stories from real people about the reasons they decided to leave their jobs during the pandemic and what has happened since. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Why I Left. In today's episode, I chat with Stacy Reed. Stacy is a former senior marketer for Zappos who wasn't being seen in her last organization despite hitting her targets. She decided it was time to bet on herself and now consults with brands on their social advertising strategies and hosts her own podcast. Let's go check out her story. All right, welcome back. So our guest today is Stacy Reed. Stacy is the CEO of Stacy Zeal & Co., which is a company helping online product brands scale to seven figures plus through social media ads. And she's also the host of the Roadmap to One Million podcast. Now, when she realized she wasn't being valued, she knew it was time for something different. And I learned of her after she was featured in Rebecca Knight's Business Insider article about McKinsey and Companies and Lean In's 2022 Women in the Workplace report, both of which I'll provide links to in our show notes. So hi, Stacey, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Brian? I'm pretty good. Thanks for joining me. And look, I, you know, we'll, we'll definitely get to Roadmap to One Million. Uh, but just I got to give you all a heads up. Stacey's dropping gems on Roadmap to One Million. So I can't wait for her to tell you uh, a little bit more about that. And so now before we kind of get into that and really prior to your pivot during the pandemic, tell us a little bit about, you know, your upbringing and where you call home. Yeah, so I am born and raised in Baltimore, uh, Maryland, and it is definitely a place that is so close to my heart. I, I love the city. I was raised here. I went to school here. I went to college here as well. And then I also have a second home, a place that I, I call home is, is Las Vegas. I moved to Las Vegas and I lived there for about six years. And that was a, such a transformational experience in my life or transformational time in my life. I really came into who I was and who I am. My career really took off there. And so I definitely call that a, a, as a second place home. <laughs> no, that's great. And now what are some of the things that you've been passionate about professionally? 
So many things. I am very multi-passionate. Marketing is something I've always been passionate about. I've been very good. I've always been very good at marketing and I've put a lot of, you know, blood, sweat and tears into getting really, really good at marketing. But also yoga. I'm a yogi. I love yoga. Um, I used to teach yoga. I'm also a cannabis advocate, cannabis lover. The plant really changed my life because I have insomnia and it helped me to overcome that. And so I had a podcast about that uh, as well. And so I um, had a blog about cannabis advocacy. So I'm I'm very much a person who really loves to explore new things. I love to explore my passions. And I when I get an idea or something, it kind of just, I can't not think about it. I can't not do anything about it because I just love to live life in a passionate way. And, and in, I would never want to regret not trying something that I really wanted to do. So betting on myself and, and uh, pursuing my passions is something that I've always done. And I love that about myself. Uh, that's great to hear. And now prior to launching, you know, your own company, you know, tell us a little bit about your work journey and what's worked well in some of the environments that you find yourself a part of. Yeah. I, so I've been in, I've been in marketing for 11 years. And so I started when digital marketing was a specialization. <laughs> and um, nowadays people are like social media experts, Facebook ad experts, all those things. But like when I started in marketing, it was digital marketing was a specialization. So you had to learn how to do websites, SEO, email, social media, all the things. And so throughout my career, digital marketing has been something that I've done full time. I've worked for you know, been in situations where I've been the only marketing person, only black person, you know, in the building. Fast forward to also working for $100 million companies on, you know, small teams, and then also working for Zappos of a team, a marketing team of 30 and, a, and an eight, nine figure company, um, working right directly with Amazon and under Amazon. You know, it's, it's, been a journey for sure. It's been a journey. It's been a, a wild ride, but it's something that, really, I think aligns just so much with my strengths because I love to learn. I love to learn new things. I'm very much someone who gets very involved and very passionate with with something that's going on, or I really want to dig into something. I learn things quickly. I can also see the many different pieces, the many moving pieces of, of marketing and really figure out like, how do we ground this into a sustainable, scalable strategy? And I definitely thank, you know, my career, my mentors, people who I've worked with over the years and really being at Zappos for four years leading paid social. I really, really got to see, like, what does it look like when you really spend money to actually build a brand? Like how all the money that's flowing, all of the resources that are flowing to come to, to come together for a common goal and to make something really, really large is amazing. And it was it was something definitely to be studied. And, you know, you mentioned a phrase there that, you know, look, I'm still learning more and more about, right? You talked about paid social for, so for us, us novices in this game, what is paid social? Yeah, that's a great question. Paid social is really advertising on social platforms. And so if you think about like on Facebook, you see ads, I was directly responsible for building and strategizing and scaling ads at Zappos for four years. And so it would be, we would did Facebook ads, Instagram ads. I've done TikTok ads. I've done Pinterest ads. And so when you think about, um, when you think about social media, you have either an organic route that you can go or a paid route, but it works best when you do them together. And so you, we had people who were responsible for updating the Instagram page and, you know, doing the organic stuff. And then we also had a team, which I was on uh, myself and one other person was responsible for making sure that we were actually selling on these platforms. And so that's really kind of the difference. Like organic is more so focused on engagement and brand awareness and building community. And those, those things are super, super important for your marketing. 
But then also paid advertising comes into the play, paid social advertising specifically comes into play when you're really trying to get your message and your brand and your product in front of exponentially more people in front of, you know, billions or millions of people is the opportunity that you have when you lean into social advertising. So it's about definitely, you know, finding the balance between both, but it's also about paying the play. It's, it's, it's really deciding that as a business owner that I'm going to invest money in getting my product or my services in front of tons more people that could need it, that could use it. Man, I think that, you know, it's, it's a great point. And as I've listened to, you know, a couple of your, your episodes, it's something that, you know, as I continue to grow the show's brand, I got to really start taking, taking a look at, right. I need the funds for that, of course, but definitely going to, to start taking more of a look into that. And, and so now would love to kind of transition into and really take you back to March of 2020, right? We're, we're introduced to this thing called COVID. We were definitely weren't calling it the pandemic then, but talk to us a little bit about, how the pandemic affected you? Yeah, such a great question. Definitely, I it's interesting. So like right before the pandemic, right before everything started to shut down, I had put in, I was working in Las Vegas in headquarters at Zappos. And I had put in a request to move home because I, well, I put in a request to work remotely because I wanted to move home. Um, because I had a nephew, my nephew was just born and I was like, I got to be here. I got to be Auntie Stacy. And so I wanted, I was planning on moving back home, but I wanted my job. And so I had put in a request to be remote and it wasn't something that was foreign at Zappos. We had remote teams at the time. So it's like, it was interesting because remote work in that environment was not, I wouldn't say a seamless transition, but it was a very easy transition for me as initially, you know, kind of starting because by the time I started, when I moved back home and started being remote, our office had just shut down. So everybody was remote. So literally my first day being remote just so happened to be the first day that the office was shut down and everybody was working remotely. And so we all were collectively making sure that everything still had to get done, even though we were working remotely. And so I would definitely say career wise, it was a lot more work for me, especially because at that time I was also balancing a side hustle. I've been someone who's always had a side hustle. So my marketing business at the time and my cannabis blog at the time were both my side hustles. I was working full time. And so I structured my day in a way that I had time for side hustle. I had time for a morning routine. And then I would go directly into working at Zappos, which was on West Coast time. So fortunately for me, I had to work in the afternoon to the evenings. And so that worked great for a while. Like I was doing my, you know, had my, my day was very structured, you know, things were getting done, clients were being handled, work was being handled. But then you start to really look at your life. I think that's what happened a lot to a lot of people in COVID. And it happened to me. And I started to think about like, you know, how do I want to spend my time? How do I want my life to look? And I started to realize that my life looked like work all day. My life looked like I was too tired to go out with my friends for happy hour or I, I couldn't I couldn't go to happy hour because I didn't stop working until 8 p.m. because I was working on West Coast time. It looked like me just feeling like my day was so structured and there was no space for fluidity and rigidity and, and, and freedom, which is a, a value of mine. And so I really started to think about, like, what do I want my life to look like? Where do I want to go next? I was thinking about. What's next after Zappos? Because when I went into Zappos originally, I said I wanted to work in tech and I wanted to work for a big brand. Got into Zappos, I've worked with hundreds of big brands. And so what was next? And so what was next for me was betting on myself. And during that time of me deciding like what's next, I'm also like, well, I'm in this job. Let me put in for a raise request because I had I hired a business coach and she was like, even if you're working full time, you need to be asking for more money. And so I said, you know what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I said, you know what? You're right. Because my workload has doubled. <laughs> One of my, my mentor and boss at the time, at the time she had left. And so my workload had, you know, doubled. And so I was like, I'm going to put it for, for a raise request. And so I put in for a raise request and about, it took about nine months, literally, to get to put in a raise request to get a, a raise request approved. And there was all, you know, kinds of back and forth, red tape, all kinds of things. And then you have, uh, you know, George Floyd's murder that happens in that time. And so much was happening in that two years that I really took a look at my life and said, what do I want my life to look like? I wanted my life to look like unlimited income potential and not you telling me that there's, there's a ceiling on the amount of money that I can make, even though there, there is no ceiling on the amount of work that is being put into the organization. I wanted the freedom to take a nap in the middle of the day, <laughs> to not have such a structured um, life where I could actually, you know, just have downtime. I wanted to be able to work with clients that I really believed in their brands and I really, really wanted them to, to see them to succeed. And they were also very invested in me and, and wanting to see me succeed. And I want to travel the world. And so that is why I decided and when and that whole throughout that whole process was deciding what's next and what's next was me. What's next is me living my life to the fullest <laughs> and being able to and to be able to bring make all my dreams come true of seeing the whole world and just having such a transformational experience. No, that that's really great to hear. And now, you know, one of the things, you know, so the, you're in this online retail space and it's boom it was booming then, it's definitely booming now. And like during the pandemic, right, obviously things shut down and, and whatnot. So how did you change the way you worked during the shutdowns? We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are you struggling with mental health issues but find it difficult to make time for in-person therapy? BetterHelp has got you covered. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform that connects you with licensed therapists from the comfort of your own home. With BetterHelp, you can access professional counseling whenever and wherever you need it on your schedule. And the best part, it's affordable, confidential, and easy to use. As the host of Why I Left, I know that life can be tough sometimes, and that's why it's important to take care of your mental health. BetterHelp offers a wide range of services, including individual counseling, couples therapy, and even online group sessions. So whether you're dealing with depression, anxiety, or any other mental health issue, BetterHelp can provide the support you need to feel better. Sign up for BetterHelp today and start living a happier, healthier life. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com slash why I left. That's betterhelp.com slash why I left. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of changing the way we work. Yeah. So it definitely was a lot of really kind of over communicating, I think, is one of the things that was really important because the great thing about Zappos when I was at headquarters and the you know great thing and not so great thing was that we had open offices, open office floor. So we were, you know, open floor, your desks were all our desks were next to each other, you know, really cool office. Like Zappos office is very, very cool and lots of fun. And there's bars everywhere. And it's, it's an amazing time. Trust me. And it's in Las Vegas. So obviously it has to be an amazing time. <laughs> but, you know, you could just go up to someone like I could just go up to the graphics team and say, hey, y'all, like, I, you know, 
need to have feedback on this or I need, you know, this is not what I was looking for. Can you change this? Or we need to do this or that. And you can really have a dialogue with people at home. You can't like you have to be. And this was before Slack had huddles. So this was like, you know, when Slack, when you had to just, you know, write people or get on Zoom and we were all had Zoom fatigue. And, you know, so it was it was very it was a lot of communication. I think it was a lot of slacks. And I feel like now I'm a little burnt out by Slack. <laughs> um, and so it was a lot of that. And how I changed really for me, it, it helped. I, I created a lot of structure in my life so that I could meet the demand. I've always made sure that I've got my morning routine in because I knew that I had a long day. And so getting up in the morning and dedicating time to self-care, doing some yoga, getting my body moving was very important because I would be sitting down a lot or buying a standing desk was very important for me. So I have a standing desk and that helped, that changed the way I worked. And so really, I think the way that it changed is that it caused us to definitely show up more, show up differently. But also it just, it, it caused us to really kind of look at our internal lifestyle. It look, taught, caused me to look at my lifestyle, like around my house. Like if I'm in my house, I'm going to be here all day. I want it to be beautiful and it needs to look nice. And so, you know, and it needs to work for me and and, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it changed a whole lot. And I think it, it, I don't think we're going back to, to a, to a place where we were working, where we were before, where we have to be in the office you know, to get things done. Cause now I'm at a point where I will, you cannot pay me enough to go back into an office. Like I, as much as working from home, you know, I love being home. I love being in my house. <laughs> and so, you know, I like to work from home, but also I love to get out and go to co-working spaces and things like that. So I do value getting out of my house and realize that like, yeah, I do need to get out and go to a co-working space and go lock myself in a place. Cause sometimes I can get distracted at home, but you really couldn't pay me enough to go back to how we were working before, like having to get, be in the office 40 hours a week. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, absolutely. And and that's actually a part of the rub that we're seeing now, right? In that a lot of companies are forcing people to come back and there's some real pushback uh, mm-hmm. from that. So it'd be interesting to see how and where that goes. Now, you mentioned something uh, when you were talking a little bit about, you know, you know how the pandemic affected you, uh, really about some of the things that were happening with your role at the time. And so a couple questions I have on that around, well, how did your your role change during this time? And really, how did the pandemic start to affect your relationship with your job and how you were treated on the job during this time? Because it sounded like your work, some things happened on the job there. Yeah, definitely. So the volume in which Zappos does paid social or like social ads is very high. When you are thinking about how many ads you are maybe running yourself or in your own business, it's probably nowhere near the amount of campaigns that we were running. And so it was, I remember calculating somewhere between 75 to a hundred different campaigns every month that had to be built. And that's just from scratch. That's not changes and optimizations. That's only, you know, that's what had to go out. Um, And so during that time, it was mainly just me that was building it. It was, I had a boss who was amazing. Who's awesome. And she was there, but then she left to go to take another opportunity. And so all of that stuff had to be kept up. Um, and I didn't feel like I had the, someone really invested in my career as much as when she left. And so that kind of helps stalls your career when you don't have someone advocating for you. It's so important, especially in tech, to have someone who is advocating for you. It's important to advocate for yourself, which is something I've definitely learned from, from that experience. But it's also important to have people who are advocating for you. And so during that time, I didn't feel like I had someone advocating for me. 
I was bogged down by work. And so it was hard to really see myself being hard to be able to kind of advocate for myself when I'm just like, I'm just trying to get to the end of the day, getting everything out and doing all that I need to get done. And because we have deadlines, we have, you know, brands that have expectations. We have campaign launches that have to launch at certain times. It's a lot of moving pieces. And so in that, I decided to put in for a raise request that really kind of just took a very long time. And it was for a raise request for a very nominal amount of money compared to how much they make every day. (laughs) Um, And so there's that, there's red tape that you have to get through. There's, and then in that time, then my boss came back. And then so having her back to help to really kind of move that process that had started before she came here along more, because then I had someone back advocating for me. And so that experience taught me that I need to be able to be my own advocate and be able to make my own money and be in charge of how much money I make and not be reliant on having to jump through hoops or an organization that jumps through hoops in order for me to get to the next level um, income wise. And during that time, it's also, you know, you also hear, I mean, you also have George Floyd's murder that comes, that's happening during that time. And it really is making you, as an employee, as a black employee of organ of these, you know, organizations really question your value within the organizations, you know, because of responses and or, or, or things that are that are that are being talked about within the organization. It really makes you question, like, should I be here or am I valued here? And so really, I think that that was the thread during that whole time was. Am I valued here? I see how much I'm putting out. I see how much money I'm making the organization. I see how much how many dollars are flowing. So it's not about dollars. It's it's about value. And for me, I said, well, now I'm going to go value myself. I'm going to create an organization where everyone feels valued and everyone feels like they are contributing and they are getting profit sharing and all those things that makes them really, really committed to the company because we only take on clients who are really, really committed to their work and getting them to the next level. And therefore, we only take on high ticket clients because we do high value, high ticket work. And so I want to create an environment where particularly other Black women who are in marketing feel like they can come and be valued and be and, and have an, a voice and have, an, a, have a part, um, have a say in the direction of the organization or have a say in the clients that they take on and, you know, be able to live their life the way that they want to and not feel like they're bogged down and tied to, or, to an organization that doesn't value them. I hear that. And, and now looking back, what is one thing you would have done differently during the pandemic? One thing I would have done differently is probably gone out and got other job offers. Mm -hmm. I don't think that like, I'm someone who gets immensely loyal to a company (laughs) to a fault. And when you're in an environment that is about relationships is about who, you know, and it's about advocating for yourself, but there's also a whole lot of stuff that's happening. Like you realize that like, you have to advocate for yourself or if you can't, if you're, if you're not in a place where you can advocate for yourself or if you're not, you know, feeling like you can go out and find another organization that will value you. And so not staying, not feeling like you have to stay loyal to a company because you've grown so much there. Or like for me, for example, like this was the highest paying job I've ever had. This was, you know, I'm, I'm a black girl from, from Baltimore, right? Like I working at Zappos was not something that, you know, was on my roadmap. <laughs> I'm working with Ugg and Crocs and Nike and Adidas and Amazon was not somewhere on my roadmap. And so you feel a sense of 
ownness, oldness, like you owe the organization a little something. And that's not true. You know, that's a, I feel you feel this immense loyalty or I felt this immense loyalty toward an organization that was giving me so much opportunity. And I was getting a lot out of it and very valuable. And I did love working there. But there was also the other things that made me that that I really wish I would have said, you know what, I'm going to go get some other jobs, get some other job offers because this this raise request is taking too long. I can go somewhere that literally would probably double my salary for my skills. But because I was so immensely loyal to the company, I really, you know, you know, kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit. So that's what I wish I would have done differently. No, and I appreciate you sharing that because I'm sure there's a lot of people who who have been in similar boats or maybe they're in that boat right now. And so to hear your story, hopefully that could, you know, that that may be maybe like a, you know, nice little trigger point for for someone to maybe do something different. And so it's a perfect transition into, you know, kind of the next question around. So you were at Zappos for, like you said, around four years, and then eventually you decided to resign. You said enough is enough. April 2022, you know, I'm, I'm out. And so ultimately, you know, why did you leave? your job during the pandemic? Ultimately, I left my job because I looked at my life and I realized I don't want to be working all day. I don't want to be busy all day. I want to have time to sit and do nothing. I love to sit and do nothing. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, And so I wanted the space to be able to just live my life and not feeling like, oh, I need to stack up these three days with this holiday weekend so that I can have a long vacation. I can go to Europe and go and do this, you know, go on this week or two week long trip that I want to go on. And so I left because I said, I don't have time to live my life. And my, at the time, my business was doing very well. I had, had literally was getting client, 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 client. And I got to a point where I was just like, I cannot do any more. I cannot take on another client in my business. I cannot commit more to Zappos. I cannot live my life and have this downtime if I continue to do all of this. And so it really was a refocusing. It was a, what is important in my life, which is me and my happiness and my freedom and my, you know, the ability to do what I want to do. And so that's why I left. I left to be able to say like, you know what, I am going to go and dive into my business. I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to bet on myself to be able to create the life that I want, where is a life of, where I do have clients that I'm really, really committed to. And I really, really love working with them and really involved helping being able to spread the message of, you know, of marketing and help help brands out there, especially other black owned brands to be able to learn the secrets behind these big brands that you get when you have, when you're spending a lot of money, right? Like I was meeting with Facebook every week. I was meeting with TikTok every week. You know, we had dedicated reps to help us to be successful. These are the kinds of things that don't happen when you're not spending and you're not spending a whole lot of money. But because I have that experience, because I was able to do those things, I want to be able to use my podcast roadmap to 1 million, use my you know channels and use my voice to be able to share this information with people so that they can build the lives that they want to live as well. So they don't get, you know, end up feeling like they're just staying stuck because they cannot get the marketing to work because marketing is something that's never ending in your business. You're always going to have to market your business. And so if you know how to do it, you know, the strategies, you know, the systems and you get the support that you need, then you really can build the business of your dreams and you can become the next big brand. Like I help clients to be very big. That's what I want to, I want to help my clients to become large. Like I want to be able to help the next Fenty come to life, you know? And so mm-hmm. I left to bet on myself to build the life that I want, to have the impact that I want and to be able to really just make my dreams come true. And that, that must've been such a freeing decision, right? And so talk to us a little bit about how did it impact you to actually make that call and leave? 
Oh, it was scary. It was very scary. <laughs> it was very scary. It was very much a, like I had a plan. I had like goals of like, oh, I got to get this savings goal. I got to pay this credit card off. I got to do these things. And I had this plan and I got to a point where I don't, it was just a day when I just was like, I have to put in my resignation. It's, it's time. And so I wrote the letter. I think I sat on the letter for a week and then I gave them two months notice. And so I even just, you know, gave them a very, very, very long time before I left. But that decision really kind of came down to a feeling and, and, and I'm very much, I'm a very much a vibey kind of person. I love the woo. I love chakras. I have chakras tattooed on my arm. Like I am very much like yogi energy kind of person. And so it was very much, I had a plan, but I just felt like it was time. And, and, and it was a freeing decision. Yes. It was a decision that so many of my colleagues were just like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. Like, this is awesome. Like it got received very well. (laughs) Um, And I think it's because I really, I, I really am an ambitious person. I'm really someone who really does make things happen. And I think that people see that about me. And so me saying that I was leaving and going to do my own thing was very well received because people are like, yeah, you are going to, you do that. Like, that's what you do. (laughs) Um, And so it was freeing. It was hard. It's been definitely a hard few months for sure. Like it's not, I'm not even going to say it was easy for anybody who's thinking about leaving. Like it's, this has been like probably the toughest six months of my life, but there is a sense of freedom. There is a sense of, I am in control of my destiny now. And while that's also scary, it's also freeing. It's also liberating. And, you know, that's a, great transition into thinking about, you know, some of the, before we talk about like some of the, the extra ventures, right. But, but what has, what are some of the things that have happened since you've, you've left? Since I've left, I've literally burnt down my whole business and restarted it all over again. (laughs) Um, Because when I was leaving, I was just like, okay, I'm going to start a Facebook ad agency where I'm just going to do build ads for people and that kind of thing. And that worked great for a while. And I got a lot of clients for that. And then I started to realize that like, I didn't want to do done for you services. I didn't want to be in the weeds of building ads every day. That's what I put in a request at Zappos for a promotion to get out of, (laughs) to be building ads every day. And I actually did get out of that. And so me starting my business kind of put me back into my, it it was a, it was a way for me to go back into my comfort zone. It was like, okay, that's something I'm good at. I know I can, I know I get results with this. I can do this. But then I had to realize that like, I felt like I was called to do so much more. I still feel like I'm called to do so much more. I'm called to have such a bigger impact and being in the day-to-day weeds of building Facebook ads and, you know, what algorithm changes are happening. It's not where I'm best, where I'm in my um, zone of genius. Strategy is my zone of genius. Consulting and teaching and and educating people is my zone of genius. And so I had to really kind of just release all of the clients that I had for done for you services when they're, I let the contracts, you know, end. And then I pivoted into being a fractional CMO where I am providing executive marketing leadership to, to brands. I'm consulting on their Facebook ads to help them to figure out like, how do they scale? And then I also teach brands how to, how to use Facebook ads effectively, how to run ads in-house without having to use an agency. Because there's a lot of agencies out here that are kind of taking people's money and really aren't you know, delivering. 
And, you know, there, 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 you can make the debate both ways, but either way, like I'm, I, I love helping in-house teams. I love when I come into an organization and the CEO has a team of hungry people who are like, yes, we really do want to succeed. We want to um, take the business to the next level. We believe in the mission, but we really just need the guidance and we need the leadership and we need the training to be able to, you know, take our skills to the next level or to, we need the systems to be able to put in place that you've learned from working with these kinds of organizations. And so I come in and I create strategies. I create systems, I create and I build the support and build up the team so that they can actually be an effective in-house team and they can become the next Zappos and they can become the next Fenty. And I love doing that. And so now that I've pivoted, you know, it was a hard time to pivot, you know, because it's like, okay, I'm not taking on agency clients, but I'm still getting agency leads. I'm trying to shift my branding and shift my messaging and all those things. And so it was definitely difficult, but I feel like now I'm in a place where I'm hitting my stride. Um, and it feels good. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm more in alignment. And that's that was my whole thing. I needed to be whatever I do. I need to be in alignment with it. I have really needed to believe in it. So I really need to want to do it. And Facebook ads done for you services of building it was very much a comfort putting me, me putting myself back in my comfort zone. But I had to break out of that and really understand that, like being a leader and being a, the strategist on the team is very important. And it's where I should be. And that seems very aligned with you and from a from a yogi chakra standpoint, being in alignment so that it seems like you look, it's all coming together for me as I'm as I'm learning more about you day, day by day. So I love to see that. And now I mentioned earlier how I learned about you. Right. It was from this this lean in article and, and the business insider article. And so really, you know, wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. What's been the reaction to your feature in the BI article and what are some of your thoughts about lean ins? 2022 Women in the Workplace report? Yeah, I've gotten great responses. I've had some great coffee chats with people, yourself included. I've had gotten podcast interviews from it. I just got someone who, um, Melina, she's introduced me to a couple of her colleagues. So it's been great, you know, and I've, I am fortunate enough to have an amazing, amazing community of people who support me, like people believe in me. And so like when I post, I was in Business Insider, I got such a great response. People were just, people still comment on it or congratulating me for, for being in it. And so it's been a great response for sure. I would definitely say my thoughts on it is it's, it's, it proves how interconnected we are as a community because so many of us in the article came from completely different backgrounds, completely different organizations, and we all had a very similar experience of feeling undervalued and feeling like, you know, something isn't right here, right? Like I'm showing up, I'm doing the work, I'm, you know, I'm overcoming adversity, I'm, you know, hitting my KPIs or I'm doing things about it. If I'm not, like you're seeing the money flowing in, you're seeing the, the impact that you're having for this organization, but it's never enough. And I think that we all carry that string of feeling like now it's, it's enough. Like, you're not going to see me. That's OK. You don't need to see me. I'm, I see me. I'm going to bet on me and I'm going to go step out on my own. And I'm going to go work with people who also see me and who value me. And I remember like I remember one time for a client, I was helping her. I was working with her on her social ca- social channels and she was asking me for something, something very small. Like I just was like, oh yeah, here, sure. Here's the, here, here, this is what you do, blah, blah, blah. Maybe one, two, three steps. This is what you do. She comes back to me and just like, oh my gosh, Stacey, this was so amazing. This was, I love this. This is so life-changing. And it's like, 
that took me two seconds to put together. And it made her feel so valued and so, so valuable. And it was helpful for her organization. And those are the kinds of clients that I love working with. Like the clients I work with are trying to change the world. Like they have created a product that they know, like as long, if I get this into enough hands, this product is literally going to change the world. And so when I get those kind, when I work with those kinds of people, they also have a sense of gratitude and gratefulness for working with you for you because they know that they're so passionate about what they're doing, but they need to just get out of their own way and get someone who can really come in with the strategy and the data to really be able to take them to where they want to be. And so I just love being able to work with people like that. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think that the the other women in the article felt the same way because I've, I've had chats with both of them and both of them are amazing. And they're just like, yeah, like, you know, we've done some big shit and now we all feel, un- we all feel undervalued, but we're going to actually, you know, step out and bet on ourselves. And so it makes you feel like you're a part of a sense of, of community for sure, because it, it can be definitely a little lonely. You feel like sometimes you're the only one who's struggling. You feel like you're the only one who is, you know, waiting for that invoice to come in so that you can pay this other invoice. Like, but some, but you realize that like, you're not really alone and there are other people that are going through it with you. And that there are other people that are also cheering you on. No, that's great to hear. And yeah, I, I concur, you know, everyone uh, in the article, just, just a bunch of great individuals who, uh, you know, we're definitely going to kind of get on the show. <laughs> so now tell us a little bit more about Stacey Zeal and co. And of course, the Roadmap to One Million podcast. Yeah. So um, Stacey Zeal Co. is my fractional CMO agency where we provide part-time marketing strategy services and executive leadership to e-commerce brands that are scaling. So we work with brands that are really, they built something, they know they have something, but they really don't, but they really need someone to come in and direct the team. Usually the CEO is overwhelmed and busy with so much that they have going on and the marketing and they're the bottleneck in the marketing, they're the holdup or they're working with agencies and they don't know what they're doing or their marketing is not their thing. I've heard it all. And so those are the kinds of clients we work with because we really want to see their brands be come very large. And so when you have big dreams and big visions, that's when you come and work with us. And so that's what Stacey's Dealing Co. is. We all also teach and have an education arm on our business where we are creating digital products, where we are creating different kinds of resources for, for different brands who are at different levels who really need the information that they just don't have because you just don't know what you don't know. Like if you're working with influencers and you're seeing that influencer marketing is hot right now, you want to go out and buy and hire influencers there's a way to do it and there's a methodology behind doing it. And so that you can actually make money from it. And so we're creating products that will reveal these kind of secrets. And so roadmap to 1 million is my podcast. It comes, there's a new episode every Tuesday and I created roadmap to 1 million because I wanted to share so much of the information that I learned working for big brands. And I've come across so many other women, so many women of color who do work with big, who have worked with big brands, who have all these strategies, who know these secrets and want to actually help other brands who are scaling. And so the Roadmap to One Million really features, it talks about the marketing strategy, support and the systems that you need to put into place to take your business to the next level. And right now we are, I'm having guests, I'm having going to have some guests coming on that are some guest experts in different areas of places that I'm not necessarily an expert in. So I'm excited to highlight other women in the space 
space. I'm excited to highlight other women of color in the space who are doing big things. I remember recently I saw an ad for a conference and it was like 30 speakers and it was just very lacking of diversity. And I just was like, this is ridiculous. It is 2022. I have a whole list of women who are women of color, who are doing big shit, who are know what they're talking about, who are in these kind of spaces that you could be reaching out to, but you're just choosing not to. And so if you're not going to, I'm going to feature them and I'm going to give them a platform. And so those are, the, so that's what Roadmap to One Million is. It's a space for you to learn how to scale and grow your brands, but also to hear the stories and the strategies of successful seven-figure brands and other service providers who've worked with very large brands who can bring you the information that you just don't have yet. No, yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that that next evolution, right? Some of the other the guests you're bringing on and, you know, look, full full disclosure here, you know, I'm, I'm a subscriber and a follower and I am in over my head, guests or, or listeners. I am in over my head, but I am learning a ton uh, uh, through Stacy with a lot of the information uh, that, sh- that she shares. And now one of the things I, I noticed is that you you offer like a variety of, of support options to potential clients, right? So break down kind of what those are and really how leaders could benefit from your services. Yeah, definitely. So the main way that I work with my clients is as a fractional chief marketing officer, meaning I work one-on-one with their teams to help them to uncover the big problems in their business. So figuring out like a customer acquisition is a big problem. What you're posting on Instagram every day is not a big problem. It's something that someone who is on your team, who is a marketing assistant or a marketing coordinator could really kind of figure out like what's the best things to post on Instagram, how to, you know, what's trending, all that kind of stuff, the stuff that someone who is more of a junior level can figure out. But a chief marketing officer or an executive on your team comes in to help you uncover like customer acquisition is a problem. What are the levers that we can pull to help us to, you know, to get more to, to increase our customers? What is, a, you know, customer retention? What are kind of programs and things that we can put in place to increase customer retention? How do we market those programs? Right. And so how do we get people to in, buy into it and roll into it? And so those are large problems that brands have, that especially e-commerce brands have. That they are trying to rely on junior marketers to uncover, but they just haven't built up their strategy arm yet. They're really kind of, you know, I remember that was me. Like I I was a marketer, you know, I've been in marketing for 11 years. And when I started out figuring out how to keep, you know, what to send out via email, what to post on Instagram, all that stuff was all what you had to figure out. But a chief marketing officer comes in with big level, big high level strategies and solves big problems and provides executive leadership and training to your team so that they can eventually become your chief marketing officer. They can because my my goal with my clients is like, I don't want to be your chief marketing officer forever. I want to you know build up somebody in your organization so that they can eventually take over, you know, because I want to only work 20 hours a month. I'm not trying to work, you know, 40, 50 hours a week <laughs> you know, when you become this seven multi seven figure brand. Right. Like I want to get you there. But then I also want to train someone to be able to take you to that next level. And so that's how I work with my clients. The main way is I work with them on retainer. The other way I work with clients is I work with clients on a Facebook ads strategy VIP day. So if you are running your own ads or if you want to want to run your ads in-house, I sit down for a day with you and your team and we map out the strategy. We map out the creative messaging. We map out the campaigns that you should be running. We map out your customer journey to figure out like, you know, where should you be sending people? What's the funnel? You know, what are some levers that you can pull organically to help enhance your ad performance? Um, because organic is also a big part of, you know, your ad, a part of your marketing. It's not one or the other. It's definitely both. And so we map that out in one day and then they get access to me for 30 days to be able to look at creative and give them some feedback. But then they also get access to my technical trainings that I have in my client resource library so that they can learn how to physically build the ads in-house themselves. So if you are definitely looking to run your Facebook ads in-house yourself and you have the capacity, like maybe you have someone on your team that really wants to learn how to do Facebook ads, that's where those are the people that I help. So really, 
really help them to map out the creative strategy and all that kind of stuff. And then the other way that I work with my clients is um, with strategy sessions. So if you are like, I really need some quick direction, I really just have like a messaging problem and I really just want to sit down with you for 90 minutes and really just like talk through that or I have a funnel problem and I just really want you to look at it. So I do work with brands in that capacity. And then I am actually rolling out my digital product library. So I'm creating some digital products and creating an influencer marketing playbook that will be out within, uh, by the end of November, it'll be out and ready for people to buy um, so that you can really learn how to do influencer marketing correctly. Like one of the biggest things I did at Zappos during the pandemic was go through influencer content and figure out what's going to be used in advertising, not stuff that's going to be cute and engaging that you want to put on your Instagram page, but what's actually going to sell product. And because of the shutdown, we had to rely rely on influencers a lot because photography studios were shut down. We couldn't shoot anything. So we had to rely on influencers. And so I want to teach brands how to do it effectively because they really are a great way to scale your business, especially if you pair them with Facebook ads, you can really, really start to take your business to the next level. No, that, that's great to hear. And, and you know, you talked a little bit about your advocacy in, in the cannabis space. And I, although I know this this part of you is kind of on pause for a little bit, but you also hosted or host a show called Mary Zeal, where you discuss cannabis and, and, and self-care. So tell us a little bit about this space as well. Yeah, yeah. So during the pandemic, cannabis definitely also helped me with stress. I was very much, you know, doing, you know, I would I would consume and then do yoga. I would consume and do and then meditate, and I would find how much deeper I could get into a meditation or how much deeper I could get into yoga when I paired it with cannabis. And being the yogi that I am and all the multi passionate that I am, I was like, you know what? Let's start a blog. As if you're not busy enough, let's start a blog. <laughs> um, so I started Mary Zeal. Um, it's still up. MaryZeal.com is still up. It's it's for women of color who are looking to really understand cannabis from a self-care lens in a way that you can, when you can use it intentionally to enhance your self-care. And the podcast is called High on Self-Care. It's still up. It's one of those things I've been just literally, I feel like every week I get assigned to record a new podcast for High on Self-Care. So I think I might do something for the holidays. Uh, Maybe I'll do a little release or something. So I'm putting that on my, on my plate, but yeah, High on Self-Care is, is, was my first endeavor into a podcast and it made me fall in love with podcasting because I'm long winded, as you can tell. Um, And I need to be able to like give you a complete thought, like the 15 seconds on Instagram is cute, but I really need to be able to give you a complete thought. And so it created a love for podcasting that I now have. It grew to 10,000 downloads in a year and we didn't know what we were doing. And so it was, it was great. And so I might bring it back for sure, but, but now I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a lane, the year, the word of the year that I set in the beginning of this year for me was focus. And I have been feeling like I've been a little all over the place, but then I always bring it back to like focus, 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 focus. So trying to just focus on space and time and, <laughs> and focus on what I'm doing now. <laughs> no, very good. Very good. And so now, you know, just reflecting on what this whole process has been like for you, you know, what have you learned about yourself throughout this entire process? I have learned about myself that the first word that comes to mind is resilient, but I don't like how we just throw resilient around because I don't think that we should always have to be resilient. I think it's okay to sometimes just do nothing. Um, But I think what I've proven to myself is that no matter what is going on, I will still always get up and show up. Like I, even if it's hard to get up in the morning, I will still get up. Even if it's, you know, I'm stressed out about personal things or other stuff that's going on, I still get up and I show up for my people and my people show up for me. And so it it really has taught me that 
when I get out of my own way and when I work on the things that are holding me back, it allows me to shine in a way that also encourages others to shine. And so I'm definitely someone who has had an issue with feeling, with stepping fully into my light and really just feeling like, you know, it's okay to just kind of blend in. But I've learned about myself that you know, shining my light allows others and gives others permission to shine their light. And so if I can encourage people to shine by shining myself, I will continue to do that. And so, yeah, so that's what I've learned about myself. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a boss, definitely a bad bitch, definitely the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always believed that about myself. But even in this year, I've learned that when I get out of my own way, things just unfold so nicely. No, I, I, I like that. And I love, love the confidence. Right. <laughs> and, and, and now when it, when I, uh, a part of the show, I really love to get some advice for our listeners. Right. And so when you think about for people who may have a similar situation uh, to yours, but really are unsure what to do next, what would you suggest that they do? I would suggest you stop and and sit. And I think that a lot of times we want to have the answer right away. And I feel like for me, when I was thinking about leaving Zappos, when I was thinking about like, you know, that transition out, once I made that decision, I was just like, I got to get out. I got to get out. I want to go now, like now, now, now. I want this to happen right away. But I had to realize that everything is a journey. Everything is a process. And so if you're unsure, you're in a part of your journey still, right? Like, you know, you don't have to move. You don't have to jump. You don't have to do anything until you're sure. And there is a sense of, will you be 100% sure? No, you won't ever feel like I'm 100% sure I'm going to jump and everything's going to work out. Because let me tell you, you will jump and have things on a high and then it'll go right down, right? But you have to be able to trust yourself to figure it out. And that's something that I have learned also over this year is that I trust myself to figure it out. I will figure something out and I will keep going and until I figure it out. And so... If you're unsure of what's next, just stop and just listen to yourself. Because a lot of times we just get so caught up in the busyness of life that we can't hear what's really the voice is really telling us. And so whether stopping for you is meditation, whether it's sitting and breathing for five seconds, you know, or just turning off music, turning off, you know, taking a day to just close yourself in your in your space so that you can just sit and be. Like those kinds of things are important because the answer is going to come when the answer comes. It's not going to come the more the more you stress yourself out about it, the, the, the harder it is to hear what you're really what, what the universe is really telling you. And so I tell people like you don't have to jump if you're if you're feeling, you know, like you're not necessarily, you know, ready for it. Like just give yourself time to be to to be ready to commit to the journey because that's really what it's about. It's not you don't know that something is going to work out regardless of where you're at when you leave your job. You don't know if your business is going to take off or not. But really what you're betting on is yourself to figure it out and you're committing to the journey because it's definitely a journey of highs and lows. And you just have to be committed to that and committed to figuring it out before you actually take the leap. Oh, I love that. And now pivoting to employers, you know, what more do you think employers could be doing to better support employees, maybe even specifically women in the workplace? I definitely think that there should be more advocacy and recognition. I think that it is really hard to fight for yourself when you're bogged down in the day to day of work. Like when you're trying to get, you know, 
10, 15 ads out, you know, before a deadline, it's hard to really like see above the surface. Like you're just so in the weeds. You cannot see, you know, like, oh my goodness, like I need to really like, you know, step up and advocate for myself. So I think companies can do a better job of really like being proactive about promotions, being proactive about raises, being proactive about asking your employees what they need or what they're, what they're, you know, what they're struggling with. One of the things I loved about Zappos is that we did have tons of mental health, you know, resources available. And so like, I was like, you know, meeting with the life coach and I was doing, you know, all that kind of stuff to figure out like, what, you know, what, where am I at in this new transition uh, of my life? Especially, you know, for me, it was going into a job, making more money than I ever had before with more responsibility than I had ever had in my life that moved faster than any other job I had ever had in my life. And so I wanted to be able to sit with someone and talk about it. And so having those resources available, I think is important, but it's also important to make sure that people who are not necessarily advocating for your, for themselves feel seen or ha- or feel they feel that they are safe enough to actually advocate for themselves and creating the space for them to do that. I like that. And now last kind of question of, of the day is really around you know, now you're in, you're in a good space, right? You got a lot, like you said, it's the year of focus. And so what type of impact are you hoping to have in this next chapter of your professional life? Oh, great question. I am looking to inspire more women to bet, to bet on themselves. I want to inspire more. I want to inspire more women to, Create the life that they want, I guess, more so. Not the, not betting on themselves. Because some people don't want to leave corporate. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, being in corporate, like, you get paid every two weeks or every week, whatever. That's great. You know, it's not like that out here <laughs> in these business streets, you know, all the time, right? And so I want to encourage more women to create the life that they want to live. Like whether that's, you know, getting out of a relationship or getting into a relationship, whether that's, you know, starting a business or not, whether that's hiring someone to take the marketing off their plate so that they can go and travel the world and go to Fiji and do all the things that they want to do. Whatever it is that you want your life to look like, I want to inspire people to do that. And I think that I inspire people by doing that and talking about it and being vocal about it. So that's, I think that that's what this next chapter is about. It's about self-discovery and also inspiring others to, to have those kinds of realizations about themselves. Oh, that's great. Well, look, Stacy. I mean, this was a really, really good discussion. I, I, I learned even more about you in this discussion than we had talked about prior. So, you know, I love this. My, I have the greatest job, right? Because I get to, I get to talk with, with so many great people. So look, I thank you again for taking some time to speak with me today. You know, your story, your show, everything. I'm a fan of it. So obviously I'd like for us to stay connected, but would love for you to share where our listeners can support you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. I really, really appreciate the questions and being able to go deep into my story. It's not something I really go deep into a lot. So I appreciate it. So yeah, y'all can connect with me. I am, you can go to roadmap to 1 million.com. That has all my links there. Um, my site is stacyzeal.co, S-T-A-C-Y-Z-E-A-L.co. And I'm also on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, at stacyzeal.co, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the places. I just got a, fa- a professional Facebook account now. So I'm excited about that. Um, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's where you can connect me. I'm all over the web and follow my podcast roadmap to 1 million. It's available on any place that you listen to your podcast. So Apple podcast, Spotify, all the places. No, oh, great. Well, thank you for that info. And look, that'll do it for today's episode. Again, I want to thank Stacy Reed for joining me today. I'll make sure I put all of her information in our show notes. So hope you all have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you again, Stacy. Thank you.
Thanks again for listening to Why I Left. Be sure to join us next time for more stories from the Great Resignation. Visit us at www.whyileft.co. That's whyileft.co. And subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, podcasters. It's Brian Akar, host of Why I Left. Are you ready to take your show to the next level? I've got a game changer for you. Meet Dave, the genius behind apodcastgeek.com and the man who keeps me and Why I Left looking and sounding so crisp. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just getting started, Dave's got your back. He's the go-to producer for podcasters who demand nothing but the best. At apodcastgeek.com, you can easily order your next episode. And the best part, got a special offer, is you'll receive 10% off your first order using code BA10. That's right, 10% off to kickstart your podcasting journey by simply using the code BA10 at checkout. Now, don't wait. I know you've been thinking about starting a show, and maybe this is your sign to just get out there and do it. So what I want you to do is visit apodcastgeek.com, sign up, and start creating amazing content. Dave and his team are simply amazing and you won't regret it. At apodcastgeek.com, they're going to help you reach new heights with your podcast. And of course, tell them that Brian from Why I Left sent you. See you soon.